Hello and welcome to a podcast brought to you by The Religion of Aston Villa. We're a social media account on Twitter and Facebook that wants to get our voices out there and heard, so please join us. Hello and welcome to the Wolves Review Podcast episode today. Uh, thanks for listening to the uh, preview episode on the last one. And uh, if you don't already follow us, please follow us on Facebook and Twitter and join the fun. Hello there, guys. Um, let's just jump straight up into the lineups. So obviously there was a few changes. So what do you? What was your reaction when you saw? Um, it's a brave move, but a needed move. Um, we need to refresh that midfield. It seems to me now we've gone to the point where like we don't know our best three midfielders to go in the middle. Um, normally we're quite like we know who our back five are. When Jack's fit, we pretty much know who our front three are because obviously you'll have Jack, uh, Chore, and Watkins. But midfield seems to be the problem at the moment that we don't have a like starting three that sort of do it um, we used to have Barkley, Louise and McGinn but Barkley's faded out of form so that sort of messed the midfield up a bit so I'm glad he did it all and obviously Louise and Samson and uh, Trez came in um, Trez obviously got brought in for his work rate I did say Algarzi but obviously he had a minor injury by the looks of it so it's a like for like swap is, is, is you know and it like so Trez came in ran his socks off as he normally does we saw 65 minutes or 60 minutes of Samson, so that that was good as well. And to get Louise back in the team and to get him back to the level that he was towards the end of last season is, you know, a key part of a sort of midfield. So, yeah, it was a brave move, but it was a needed move. Yeah, I, I agree. Like I said, when I saw the lineup, I was absolutely buzzing to see Samson getting his first start. Um, and he, and he, I thought he played really well. Um, but you know, without going to play a rating so soon. Um, I thought Louise was a given, to be fair. Um, but I did think if Nakamba needed dropping, then Almo needed dropping. Um, but maybe it was too soon for Hayden. Maybe he's just getting the feel of the first team while he's on the bench for so much, but not really getting called on. But, you know, may, maybe. But then again, Almo didn't do that bad. Um, but also, it was quite good to see that. Is it Boydus on the bench um, after signing his yeah. new deal? I was hoping yeah. to see him come on, but... At least now we've got three academy players on the bench with him, Hayden and Ramsey. So, you know, it was amazing to see we've got that. But I don't know if that's also because of squad depth not being quite there with a few injuries. Yeah, seeing that young lad on the bench was really good. Obviously, there was a lot of talk about this uh, lad being scouted and pursued by a lot of big teams for him to uh, go there. And obviously, he chose us. So, that was really, really good. Um, I, like yourself, I was hoping to see five, ten minutes of him. You hear so much about him, it's always good to see him. Um, but nil-nil against Wolves is probably not the, you know, sort of, you go to the end of the game, it's probably not the best time to bring a young lad on. But like you said, he probably wouldn't have made the bench if Algarzi was fit. But take nothing away, these kids seem ready to jump in if needed. Smith wouldn't choose them if they weren't ready. So like you said, he's got someone else from the youth to go on the bench now and 
it's not the depth that maybe some fans want because they want all these superstars on the bench. But if we keep buying superstars, these kids are, ne- are never going to come through. So I'm all for these kids coming through and filling the uh, slots on the bench and hopefully get a few minutes here and there. Yeah, like you say, everyone loves one of their own. Um, it, it's it's just a given. And also I find, especially with Villa fans, um, they'll give our own, like whether they're coming through the under-23s or 18s, whether, you know, when they got bought young in, um, they always get given a lot more time than the, you know, superstars that we do sign. Um, but going into the first half, uh, I thought we started really strong. And obviously Watkins hitting the bar. Um, and then he had the chance to shoot, but decided to pass Traore, which I thought was a complete wrong decision. And then obviously we had Conzer at the bar again. Um, so pretty much for the first half, we, you know, bar the odd couple of counter-attacks, we was, we was really good and one of the best first halves I've seen since COVID. But like, it was just having no Jack and we missed that cutting edge. And I think not having Jack kind of shows that. Yeah, I mean, the first half, it's like, it was harder not to score with the chances that we had. And it was just like, like you said, Konza hit the bar from an acute angle. Watkins hit hit the bar. We're playing on the counter a little bit at home, but I'm fine with that if it creates, chance, if it creates chances. Uh, Watkins, had a, again, had a very good game with his running down the channels and chasing balls and everything. Um, it's just a shame he's not getting on the scoreline. I mean... I think Sky put a stat out there saying that he's hit the bar seven yeah. times more than um, more than any player in the uh, Premier League this season. Yeah, I, I saw that, and it and you just think that seven missed goals, seven. You know, you don't have any points that would equal. You know, it's quite sad to see, but it just shows that he's getting into positions. Okay, you can probably say it's an argument for not being clinical, but you know, when you're basically three, four inches away from hitting the target. You know, you're not you're not a million miles away, but you know, at the same time, a bit of a positive. It is his first season in the Prem. You know, not long ago we was playing for Western Supermare on loan, so you got to give him, got to give him chance. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a really, really strong first half. Um, but going into half time, was there anybody you would have took off or any changes you thought we needed? Um, at the time, no, because we made all the chances for the team that we had. I was fine with it. Uh, Trez and obviously Chore were slightly quiet on the wings, but nothing to alarm me to think, oh, I'm, you know, I need to change. And they're still doing a fairly good job. Um, but it did get to a point where I'm thinking the induction of Ramsey or Barkley in the second half would sort of change the dynamics a bit because it seems that we ran the midfield, but we weren't taking advantage of it. Um, it's the first time I've seen McGinn play. Like we know he can play. Yeah. Um, I don't know if because he has less defensive duties. So he was going forward more. And you could see him enjoying the game. He was, you know, he was going back to his game that every Villa fan knew him for. So the midfield battle, we were winning. It was just on the flanks, we were getting slightly done over. But no, I was quite comfortable going into the second half. But you're just thinking to yourself, don't make the mistake of having a really good first half and having a poor second half. Yeah, I thought that when, well, I was kind of leaning towards maybe bringing Barkley on just because it was a game where we need, you know, I think you could just tell there'd probably be a goal in it to win it. Um, but like you said, no one really deserved to come off. Um, if, you know, push come to shove, maybe Sanson, just because 
it was his first um, start and McGing was, like you say, playing out of his skin again, like the way he used to. Um, so maybe would the only one to change. But going into the second half, obviously, we didn't make any changes at half-time and Wolves did come out strong and it caught, like it just felt like it was going to be one of them games again where it's a game of two halves. And, but I thought we did quite well. I thought we soaked up all the pressure. Um, but then Wolves' best chance comes quite early on when Neto hitting us on the counter. But again, Target did well. Um, but then the Seas, uh, what's his name? Saiz, Saiz, I think his name is. Um, yeah. When he completely missed it. And I just thought, here we go. We're gonna. This is gonna happen again, like the Sheffield United. Yeah, in the second half, they were pushing. I think Wolves sort of knew what we were about, and they changed their game plan a little bit. And obviously, they were a bit more quipped in the second half. And like you said, they were attacking us. It was just a bit like one of these are gonna go in, and we can have as good as the first half as we want. It doesn't count for anything if we, if we don't do you know score our chances. And to be fair, in the second half, maybe Wolves did deserve to win. But at the end of the day, when you've got a defence and a keeper like ours, you're sort of you very lucky because some of the saves that Martinez was doing was ridiculous. Um, the last-ditch tackles from Konza, from Mings, uh, from, like I said, with Target. It was just like... We were, I sort of thought to myself, we're not going to concede here, but we're not helping ourselves. We're bringing all this pressure on. And it was that chance that that guy missed from like two and a half yards that made me think okay maybe it's not Wolves day as well so maybe let's go and push on and I think that's what happened on the pitch when that guy missed from a few yards I think a few Villa players thought hang on a minute I think we need to go on here and uh, punish them. Yeah and like you said about the the pressure we did start to kind of panic like we normally do um, and we started giving away stupid free kicks and it was Silly the amount we was giving away. But as you said, that Wolves probably would have felt hard done to, especially in that second half, not to come away with three points. But on the flip side, I think we did enough in the first half to get that draw. Um, but just on the outlook of the game, um, I, it kind of felt like in a way it, it was two points dropped coming into, you know, after hitting the bar twice. I know. They, you know, they missed a sitter, and then Martinez pulled the save. But personally, I feel like it was it was a couple of points lost. Um, I did feel like that after the match, and then once you sort of watch the highlights again, or you think about yeah. it, and you think, bloody, bloody hell, Wolves could have scored like four goals in the second half. I know we missed chances as well in the second half a little bit, but Wolves are the one that sort of pushed on for it, and we're like, Phew. I think we're quite lucky to get a point, but. As bad as it sounds, and I never want to play for a draw, I'd rather get a nil-nil draw than push in the last five minutes and get caught on, on the counter and, and like, lose the point. So when you look back on it and, eva- and uh, evaluate it, I'm actually quite happy that we got a point. It's another clean sheet. And it's what, number 14? Is it 14th clean sheet, I think? Yeah, it is. It is. It's so, the 14th. So, yeah, we're one clean sheet away to equal the Brad Friedel season with, what, 12, 11 games left. So, we need, so yeah, there's pros and cons about getting the point, but Wolves will probably be a bit annoyed because they want to get their season back on. But I'm just happy that we've, after getting beat by Sheffield United, the key thing was not to lose again because that's when 
Um, Your confidence dropping. Yeah, yeah, confidence drops and the players sort of drop and like you don't want that. So to stop that now, we've got we've got a point out of Wolves. It's fine. I can I can deal with that. And then obviously we you know we're going on to Newcastle next. So no, I mean a lot of Villa player, uh, fans will really disagree, but a point's a, a point's a point. At least we didn't lose. Yeah, that well, like I say, there is that. That's a positive to it. It's another point on the board, um, and you know, like we, we're not going to go down, which is always a bonus compared to last season. Um, but just it's just mental to think like we're what we're ninth currently, um, but we've scored two goals in four games now, um, one shot on target today. But again, we're still in the top ten, and it's mad to think that you know our best player hasn't been with us for the fourth consecutive game. Um, and we're still we're still top ten, we're like ninth. So it just kind of shows you that there's a lot of teams that are just as inconsistent as us, you know, on the outlook of it. So you can't really you can you can moan, I suppose, in the fact that we should be pushing on. We should we shouldn't be getting beat by Sheffield United. We should be doing better against Wolves, who are having a poor season. But on the positive side, you know, we're still making the top ten. Well, yeah, I mean, we're on as the live table stands now. Well, I'm looking at Sky Sports. We're on. Um, we've played twenty six games and we're on forty points. Yeah. If we win our next match, that's obviously against Newcastle, but that's all ifs and buts, and we go up to seventh above Liverpool, um, yeah. <laughs> two points behind West Ham. So it's a crazy season, and yeah. So if you look at the bigger picture, still like we've had a few rubbish games here, 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 and there. Obviously, some people are not happy that we drew against Wolves and we lost against Sheffield United. If you look at the table and you think, Meh, it's too bad. Yes, we could have been higher, but a lot of clubs are having inconsistent season, the same as us. I don't think no team has had a consistently good season. Even City, I remember at the start of the season, were below us for a good five or six weeks. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's, it is a crazy season, and especially when you see the likes of West Ham flying Liverpool dropping, um, like I said, the loss to Fulham today, um, as we're recording on Sunday. So it's just it's mad at the moment, and it is unpredictable, which you know, which is a good thing for you know, especially when you're watching a neutral game. Um, but you just you you just kind of wished we could capitalise on it just as much as West Ham. But on the flip side, again, trying to put a positive spin on it, West Ham have been in the league how long consistently compared to us? So you know, you've just got to take the good with the bad, but. A draw against Wolves, not being beat by them all season, isn't that bad, to be fair, compared yeah. to where they were last year. And you look at the table, we've got Newcastle on Friday, then we've got Spurs the following Sunday, and then we've got Fulham the Saturday after that. So, in my opinion, and this may sound a bit overconfident, that could be three wins, it could be two wins, but I definitely think we'll get one... I think we'll get two wins out of, out, out of them. And knowing us, it'll probably be against Newcastle and Spurs because we'll probably lose against Fulham. With how our form is, we're like Robin Hood. We take from the good and we give to the poor. So I can just see it. Like we'll beat we'll beat Spurs and then suddenly we'll crumble against the mighty Fulham. Even though Fulham did win today, and it's a very good win for them against Liverpool. Um, that just opens the whole bottom of the league now. Like. A lot like Brighton and Newcastle against Sugton. Yeah, massively. Um, like I say, uh, I, my my brother is a Newcastle fan, so obviously I'll, I'd know a bit more about Newcastle than I should, um, just because how much he goes on. 
Um, but it is quite, you know, I do keep an eye on the bottom of the table and it is going to, I think it could down to the last day of the season, which will be great um, viewing um, to see who survives and who doesn't. But going into into our game, <laughs> um, <laughs> just going into player ratings. So what did you give the back five? Uh, Martinez, nine. Like, the guy's just becoming silly now with the saves he's doing and the clean sheets he's producing. He's just getting a bit silly now. It's just things to me, like, this keeper's like a top four keeper. Like, how did he not break into the Arsenal team? Like, it's just mental. Like, I just... Yeah, I'm just shocked. I mean, going for £18 million. Christ. <laughs> so, yeah. It's just mental, isn't it, though? Like, how... For a keeper, and he's not even that old, is he? No. You know, he's got a good, good few years left in him. That's the same money that um, Sheffield United brought their keeper for. And look, look at the difference. Yes, he's a lot younger, but who's producing it? Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. Martinez nine by far, and he was, and he was my man of the match. Um, Martinez, I gave him a ten. Um, I think we'd have lost that without him again. Fourteen clean sheets, as you, as you said earlier. And he made probably the save of the season um, against Cody after Barkley set him up. Um, so I think he forgot what colours he was playing in, uh, old Barkley, but it was a great save by Martinez. And as you said, £18 million for Arsenal's best player is an absolute steal. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Probably, if not, he will get voted the player's player. I'll be surprised if Jack beats him, in my opinion. Jack can do what he wants for the rest of the season, but I think Martinez will get the player of the season. Yeah, I, I agree. And to be fair, I know a lot of people are talking about Jack leaving and all this, you know, which is never going to go away. But I think there's probably going to be a lot of... I wouldn't say this summer, maybe next, if he carries on this form, I think there'll be a lot of people chasing him um, who's looking for a, a good keeper. So hopefully we can you know, push on next season to you know, just keep them away. Um Going to the back four, I gave Target a eight. I thought he defensively pretty solid. Uh, Neto did stretch him a couple of times, which you know you would expect. Um, but his crosses was just a bit off again, um, and it's just—I wouldn't say it's becoming an issue. I think maybe he's missing Jack, helping him out on that left side. But yeah, I thought it was a bit off. But I gave him an eight. Yeah, the same Target eight. Um, he's just been very consistent at the moment, and I'm loving it. Last season. His main critic was he would have a really good game and then he would have a poor game. Now he seems to have balanced it off and he's like one of the players now where he's like, he's starting regard, regardless. Like he's, to me, he's England call up good at, at the moment. Yeah. And like you said, last season, you always sort of, especially in the big games, thought him go down, put Alden in the back of his leg and thought, here we go. He's off again. But he's kind of. He's not that. He seems to have grown in confidence, and like you say, he is England ready now for me. Um, but which which is good, which is good for us, um, especially if he gets playing next to Mings. But in my opinion, I think the whole of the back four should be playing for England. Um, obviously, Cash not Elmo. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but going into uh, Mings, then uh, I gave him a nine. I just thought he was sensational. And my favourite stat, what I heard from there, was uh, Mings was let go by Southampton for being too small. Which, uh, which I thought was amazing. Wow. So, must have had a massive growth spurt when he left Mick McCarthy so far. What is he now? 6'6 six, six or 6'7? Six, no, I think he's no, about 8 foot. I ain't sure. Gross. <laughs> uh, 
I gave Mings an eight. Um, he just commanded. He just commanded the defense, and hence why we got a clean sheet. Uh, going into cons, I gave him an eight. Solid performance. Should have scored, um, but obviously, should, you know, we shouldn't really be lying on our centre half to that side. But yeah, I gave him an eight. Yeah, I've gave him an eight because he's just solid, awesome, and. He's part of Kings, i.e. Mings and Konza Kings. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, yes, I've, I've made it. We're going to call them Kings <laughs> because uh, they're just killing it. Um, there's only, in my opinion, one centre-back that's playing better um, and is English than these two, and that's Stones. That's the only centre-back, in my opinion, that's playing better than, than these two. Yeah, I agree. And But again, like you say, Stones is killing it. Uh, but I suppose I'm playing next to Diaz, who's probably arguably the best centre half in the world currently. Um, yeah, I mean Stones, like he's just he was an absolute. I mean, you give it a season or two seasons ago, he was like was terrible. He yeah. lost all his com- he lost all his confidence, and he was horrific. Now this is probably his best season I've seen him play. Yeah, um, you're sort of getting a bit excited now, going into the Euros, thinking all of these England players that are doing so well. And you think to yourself, oh, we could have a chance here. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to get too carried away, but yeah, he's coming home. <laughs> but, uh, going to Elmo, I gave him a seven. Uh, I thought he kept Traoré quiet, uh, but he did give away. When I was talking about the silly free kicks, he was he was on the forefront of that. Um, he did give away too many. That's why I gave him a seven. Yeah, the Egyptian king. I've given him a six. Um, that's not because he played really poor. He just did what he had to. And I did say on the other podcast. Watch Almo have Torre in his pocket, and he did. That's what you can get from Almo. You can he can play really well and just do a very professional game, like he did against Leeds and Wolves, but against Sheffield United, he flat. Yeah, so. yeah, he is up and down, and I suppose that's why he is kind of back up um, to cash. But as you say, it will, I think we'll either get somebody in in the summer, or that Hayden will become number two. Um, although you still got Gilbert, so who knows what's happening with that? Um, yeah, yeah. Going into Louise, gave him a seven. Um, I thought he did well. He, um, but he, he did break up the play very well. Um, but again, he he was with Elmo for the free kick side, where we just started giving some away. So I did knock him down to a seven. Yeah, I'll give him a seven purely because he did good. But you can tell I'm. I'm going to say he's not match fit. But he's not Matt Sharp. He's been not in the team for the last few games. So you're going to lose a bit of the uh, sort of half a yard of sort of speed he's got on him regarding with the ball. But yeah, he did a few silly tackles here and there, but I get used to that now yeah. with him. Um, but he did enough for me to stop in the team now. I think he's uh, sort of getting back into it now. Yeah, I agree. He stays in for me as well. Um, McGinn, I gave him an eight. Um, looked like the old McGinn's coming back. I don't know if it was because Barkley wasn't in front of him. I'm not blaming him for that, but he seemed a lot more comfortable with Louise and Sanson than he has done previously with Barkley and Louise or Nakamba and Ramsey, whatever it is. Yeah, McGinn, like we said earlier on, was an absolute machine. He just sort of seems to be like he was. He weren't restricted in defence. He had a bit of a extra bit on his leash where he could go out and express himself a bit more and maybe if Barkley there he can't do that but maybe because McGinn and Samson are very similar players 
they sort of complement each other and maybe it worked. So it'll be interesting to see in the next match if Samson starts or Barkley starts um, because I think they started against Wolves very, very well. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what uh, Smith does on the next one. Uh, going into the mentioned Samson, uh, I gave him a seven. I thought for his first game, um, for, you know, start, I thought it was an okay performance. He wasn't, you know, breathtaking or anything like that. But he did the basics well, good dribbling. Uh, I think he'll grow into the club rather than being an instant success. Um, but I did find a funny thing, um, which I think Ashley Priest picked up on, which he put on Twitter, um, was that he forgot he was on set-piece duty. So it was McGinn who was telling him to go to the corner, take the free kick and things like that. And I thought that was quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I gave him a uh, a 6.5, not because he was rubbish or anything. It was, again, he was just finding his feet. in uh, the, pre- the premierships, obviously... A different animal to the uh, Farmers League, as it's called there in uh, France. Um, so, yeah, um, I thought he did a really good job. It's a shame he came off, but obviously I didn't know that he was in that he was injured. I thought if he had a solid 90 minutes, he would give him a good sort of experience of the league. But to put him in against Wolves, that's technically a derby and, and, and a big game, as much as the Wolves fans keep bigging it up, um, you sort of think, oh, I Okay, then. And I think he handled it well, and he's got a very, very tidy touch on, on him. I think we've got a very good player. Um, I just hope that the injury is not enough for him to be out the next game because I think Newcastle was a perfect game for him to go into. Yeah, as you said, he went off about the 60th and he had eyes on his football. Maybe it was just because, like I say, he's probably the most football he's played. Um, to be fair, probably altogether because he's just been having five, ten minutes here and there, and he did a solid 60. So maybe, but uh, going straight, all right. I uh, gave him a seven. Um, He's just. In, I wouldn't say he's inconsistent, but he's just. He's hot and cold far too much for me, and he's probably one of the very few players. Like El Ghazi will have a good game, and then obviously a bad game. You know, he's inconsistent that way. Traore can be inconsistent during a game, like he can be absolutely magic on the ball, and then the next minute he's just he's awful. So I gave him a seven. I, I'm just expecting more from him. Yeah, I gave him a six. Um... Like you said, on some days he's he's unplayable. His some of his skills ridiculous. Um, I'm not going to say he didn't show up. He just wasn't as good as we know him because he's put some really good performances in. You expect that all the time, and he just didn't do it. I mean, it didn't affect the game too much. He just didn't do that much to maybe inspire us to go forward. If you know what I mean, because you know he's got these he's got these little moments of uh, brilliance. I just didn't see any of that. But don't take anything away from him. And um, yeah, I just gave him a six. It's I'm not seeing an off game, just a game he didn't do much in. But watch him now go against Newcastle and score a wall, do. Hopefully so. Like I say, it's a derby in my house, so I'm, I'm desperate for a uh, Villa win. <laughs> um, otherwise, I'll never hear the end of it. Um, <laughs> uh, going into Trezor Gay, I've seen a lot of people slate him, to be fair. And I saw somebody say he was like a Dalmatian chasing a balloon. I saw that quote. I thought that was quite funny. Um, nice. But I thought <laughs> I thought he was a seven because uh, he wasn't, like I say, he wasn't no worse or better than Trail, right? He just the defensive side, you can't really knock him for because his work rate's there. It's just obviously nothing else. And just when he's kind of, Starts getting forward, he just doesn't offer anything. If you could combine Traore and Trezeguet, you've got an absolute world on your hands. <laughs> yeah, um, I've given him a seven. Um, I agree. There weren't 
Well, that's why I said like we we lost it on the wings because Choro and Trez weren't doing no. anything special. It was left for Watkins to run around on after everything and our midfield to do it. Um, Trez was brought in obviously to replace Algarzi, but I'm guessing he got picked as well because of his work rate. And yeah, he's not got the finishing that maybe some wingers have, but sometimes to have that extra bit of pace that he's got can really help in in um, the end of the games and stuff. So, yeah, he didn't do good, but he didn't do bad. He did a job, and I think that's what you need to do. Uh, going to Watkins, gave an eight. He was so unlucky not to score from range um, uh, early on. Um, but then kind of being unselfish arguably cost him a goal. Um, and as you said earlier on that, you saw a stat saying that he's hit the bar seven times now, which is crazy amount. Um, but then you see people say he's lacking confidence. Well, you wouldn't shoot from range if you didn't have confidence. But then he goes and gets in the box and then tries and passes it to Traore. So you kind of think, is he or isn't he? But I gave him an eight. I thought he was just unlucky. I gave him an 8.5. Okay. The point five because he as you said he made the wrong choice to pass to Chore and that's fine but that also shows me that he's willing to sacrifice his scoring to get someone else to score yeah. do you know what yeah. I mean like he's not Greek because a lot of strikers um not even saying that that situation but a situation where you'll never score from and they'll still shoot even though they could square it or pass it so for Torre, uh, for Watkins to think, actually, I could shoot here, but I'm not sure if he'll go in. I'll pass it to Ebert and see if he can do something. And obviously, it didn't come off, but I like that. But I do hope Watkins gets on the score sheet soon just to get his own goal tally up because he deserves so many more goals. Like he's hit the bar, what, seven yeah. times or post or stuff. He's, he's, he's had, what, two or three goals ruled out for VAR. That's suddenly 10 goals that have been denied. I'm thinking, bloody hell, you could be on how many goals now? 20. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So <laughs> it makes you think, bloody hell. But it's good that he's getting himself into these positions. Um, so he's one of the best strikers we've had at Villa since Benteke, in my opinion. I know it's quite hard to say that, but since Benteke, no one's really came in to do a job, apart from Tammy in the Championship. But it's a Championship, so I don't really class Tammy as in that bracket at the moment because he's done it in the Championship. But... For Watkins to do what he's doing at the moment, I'm thinking we've got a striker on our hands here. Yeah, I agree. And as you said, since since Bentake, so definitely Prune just dead in that list. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I kind of agree. Gross. <laughs> um, quickly moving on to the subs, um, we've got Barkley. Uh, we gave a four. Um, like I said, his best move of the match was setting up Connor Cody. Um, so, what can you say about that? Um, so Mental. <laughs> Davis, a game of five. Um, just because I didn't think he was as bad as Barclay, but he was very poor and invisible again. Like I said, I would love to see that Bidens come on because at least you don't know what you're going to get. We know when Davis comes on, he's going to offer nothing. So, I, I, I just always think it's a wasted um, substitute and Ramsey. I gave him a six. Uh, but I thought he had his legs and he had a good couple of quality touches, but not much else. Yeah, Ramsey, I gave a five. Um, he came on. He came on too he came on too late to change the game. Yeah. Um, but he came on to hold the game, if that makes sense. Like yeah. he, uh, he didn't he didn't make any mistakes. No. He, you know, it was just two fresh legs to keep that midfield nice and uh, fast and quick. So I didn't mind that sub. I just wish he had a bit more time. Barclay, as you said, 
he came on at 60, 60 or sixty fifth, and you think to yourself, oh, he's got a decent, he's got a decent amount of time now to show his worth. And as you said, he passed. Why would you pass back then? It was just ridiculous. So he like something's got to drastically change with Barkley because I I'm very pro Barkley. Even still now, I'm I'm like he's a good a, he's a good addition to the team regard regardless, but. Even my, I'm thinking now a bit like mm, I don't know. If, I'm not too sure if we should do anything in the summer. So, yeah, Barkley gets a four. He's just he just didn't do it again. Newcastle could be a match where he'll turn you know turn it around and do and do something. But I'd rather Samson have uh, that chance because he's actually our player. So I'd rather put time into him. Um, and Davis again, if Davis is. If Davis is the answer, then I want to know what the question is. I said this on the last game. I don't understand it. He comes he comes on 10 minutes, 12 minutes to, to go. Some people say it's not enough time for it to... Um, isn't, isn't enough time to change a, a game. 10, 15 minutes is plenty enough chance to change a game. Yeah, subs, subs come on all the time and do things, either an, either an assist, either a goal, um, help a build-up... Um, do you know what I mean? They can do something. So when people keep saying, oh, he's not been given enough time, uh, he's getting as much time as any other sub in the Premier League has. So it's just frustrating me. And this is why, I'm not going to say Dave Davis is the answer why we're losing games or drawing games and stuff. But most clubs have two decent strikers. And at the moment, we haven't. We've got Watkins, that in my opinion is a Premier League level striker. And then you've got Davis, that's the championship at best striker. So this is why I'm like, oh, we need to see Wes, we need to see Wesley's in the under twenty three games soon, and hopefully we could see him in a few weeks. It's just a shame it came so late, and I'll be surprised if we see him in the last two months of the season. But if we see him on on the bench with six, seven games left, I'll be happy with that. Yeah, yeah, like you said, just touching on Davis, as you said, he, he isn't a premiership striker. To be fair, I don't even think he's a championship striker without being too harsh. Um, like, I know he had a decent run in the championship, and I think he's got, like, two goals, and that was in that season. I think that's the most of league goals he scored, including the championship. He's just, as you said, he's just not the answer to anything. Um, and I think it really comes down to the fact that I once, he didn't come through our academy at the young age. Obviously, we did sign him quite late into his, um, you know, not not as a youngster. But we seem to give all these people that come through the under-23s time and sometimes we kind of overrate them too, far too much. And like Gary Gardner, like we just thought he was the next Chavi, you know what I mean? And just it's just crazy the way we think. Everyone loves one of their own to come through, but, you know, there's obviously got to be a time limit on it. Um, but I'm pretty sure Davis is pretty much around the same age as Wesley now. So, you know, if Wesley was coming on for these 15, 20 minutes, he'd be slaughtered if he was doing what Davis does. So I think it's only fair to give criticism where criticism is needed. Um, Bruce said about Wesley, it would be great to see him come back. And just that first goal will be absolutely amazing when it does come. Yeah, 100%. I mean, going back to Davis for, for a second, I don't think, oh, we should get rid of him, blah, 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 because he's just signed a contract. Next season, get him on loan for the whole season in the championship and to see what he can do like Tammy did. Tammy came down to the championship for, with Bristol City and with Villa for those two seasons and um, I think Swansea yeah, as well. Swansea. And he smashed it there. Um, 
so maybe that's what Davis needs. And when Wesley's back in the team, we can maybe do that and release him to the point where he can go on loan and do it. Um, but Wesley, I think the whole team's just going to will him to score his first goal because for being out for such a long, long time, I think everyone, there's going to be smiles all around when, Wes, when Wesley scores. Even if we lose a game, I can see everyone being happy for uh, Wesley to get his first goal back. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, to be fair. I was critical of him last season, I won't lie. Um, I did expect more of him, but at the same time, is he was kind of a Smith fault going into the season with one striker, and it didn't, it didn't help him, um, and it didn't help us. And again, this season is kind of the same situation. We've just got Watkins. Obviously, West is still there, but he's out. Um, so it would be nice to finally see two, hopefully, top Premiership strikers at the club, both fit. You know, because we haven't had it for a long time. I mean, even. What when we come to the championship, it was what we had. Tammy was killing it, but then we still had Codger, who obviously wasn't um, prolific, as we say. But he was still there. At least it was still somebody to come off the bench who offered something rather than nothing. Yeah, well, that's the thing. We've always had a backup striker. Um, even when um, the season before that, we had Graben yeah. as the backup striker, and it, you know he he obviously didn't carry on how as good as he was, but. He came to us and did a very good job for half a season that he was with us. So we've always had that second striker to do it. And I think as well, having Wesley on the bench would be such a massive boost to the team to think, all right, we've got this Brazilian internationally that's going to come on and can change the game. Because I don't think Watkins will ever come off to allow Wesley to come on. I think Watkins would always be put onto the wing. Yeah. And then Wesley will get brought on for one of the wingers that are currently there. Um so, yeah, I'm just willing him to finish his rehab and come through a few under-23 games. And that, as I said, last what are we into now? The last 12 or 11 matches? Yeah, something like that, if yeah. We, so, if we haven't backed the last, say, I want to say seven to eight, but that might be a bit, like, rushing. Say six games. That's something extra that we've not had all season. It's like a new signing. Yeah, it is. It is. Like I say, been out for like 14, 15 months come by the time he's possibly fit. So, yeah, it is. It's exactly like that. And to be fair, we need it. We need a different option off the bench. We need a different option to go up front just because as good as Watkins is, we, we everyone needs that second outlet. Yeah, and every time a challenge goes in a Watkins, you're sort of... You're like, yeah. <laughs> like, you don't, you don't want anything to happen to him because it's such a critical part. Because we'll literally just be with Davis till the end of the season and we need to be pushing the top eight, not looking below us, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap it up now. We've um, spoke more about non-Wolves stuff <laughs> than than we should have, but I hope uh, you enjoy it and uh, liked our insight and opinions on everything here. But um, thank you very much for listening to this episode and... For the previous episodes we've done, as I said, we're quite new still, so we're still getting used to it and the uh, hang of it, but we appreciate the audience that we're building at the moment. Um, and we are on Twitter and Facebook, so if you want to join in, in the fun, then please search for us on both, plat- on both platforms and g- give us a follow. But apart from that, we'd like to say thank you very much and uh, up the villa and see you soon. Thanks, guys.